Welcome to Millennial Sex Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm here in the bedroom tonight. Before we get started, I'd like to ask everyone to please consider taking some political action. Uh, I started a petition. It's on change.org. You can also find it on millennialsex.org. And this petition is basically to call on Congress to enact and expand the Me Too Act. So they have introduced in the House um, a bill to kind of target some of the corruption around sexual complaints in Congress itself. Apparently, the little babies need some hand-holding and some training and some some diapers to wear for a while. So, they have introduced this bill. Um, but I think that the fact that they've only introduced a bill about Congress uh, in a nationwide inflammatory scandal uh, that's terribly pervasive, I think it really just demonstrates how ineffective and lethargic and bloated are Congresses that um, they need provisions and trainings and things like that, and then ignore the rest of the nation and the fact that um, this is a nationwide problem. So, um, so I'm calling on everyone to please sign my petition just to raise the issue and say, hey, this is a nationwide problem because it's not just that the complaints are ignored. I think part of the problem is that the punishments are too little or too much. Um, We really need a review of how we're handling this so that we can curb it. Um, So like, for example, um, Brock Turner. Brock Turner was drunk at a party and he had sex with an unconscious girl or he tried to. Now, should he be in prison for five, ten years and be on the sex offender list for life? I'm not sure. I personally don't think so because I've done stupid things when I was young, although they didn't involve raping people. Um, But still, I think everyone deserves a second chance within reason. Now, does he deserve the kind of second chance that he got? a few days in jail and then uh, he's free to to file new lawsuits to try to appeal the case and not take responsibility for it. So there are so many problems. We have a justice system that allows perpetrators and allows violators and allows thieves and rapists and whoever has the most money to not take responsibility for their actions. Um, so this is problematic, but <clears throat> even if you feel like you're not important and your voice isn't heard, I would hear your voice. It would be tremendously helpful to me if you would sign this petition, no matter where you're located, uh, because it also demonstrates that I can get a petition signed, and I want that too. All right, so I want to be able to Garner the voice of the people. We push back and show that we're paying attention. 
You know, it's so interesting. When I went to work in um, France, I went to work and I went right after college. So I did this like French work exchange after college. And, um, and I remember this kid asked me like who I was voting for in the United States. And I was just so shocked that like some little kid would actually be interested in, in my vote. And, and he really was, and they all were. Um, so I think that that's at least the, the minimum level, um, of attentiveness that we have to give to what's happening around us, uh, because power isn't given away. And, um, and the moment you stop paying attention, it's taken away. So please, everybody go on, sign my petition to extend the Me Too Act past just Congress. Let's have some better sex legislation. Let's make rules like um, if you report a sexual crime, somebody has to follow up on it and investigate it. And part of this is because there's no budget for these things. So New York City, for example, they have a sex crimes department. Well, they have to deal with child trafficking, literal sex slavery, horrible, horrible violence, sexual murders, all types of horrible things. They don't have time for things like date rape or sexual harassment or things that can kind of destroy a person on the inside or really cost them something without being physical violence. So um, these are still problems, though. And if people are going to be losing their jobs for it in our society, then why not just create better infrastructure and legislation and let everyone know? Clearly, we're at a crossroads in our evolutionary development socially in terms of sex, gender, and relationships. So maybe we all need some training. We all need to redefine the rules and kind of set aside our early American Puritan uh, roots and acknowledge what happens, what's happening sexually. People think that being a woman is being feminine or being submissive. You have submissive and dominant as a spectrum that people like to experience things sexually. And this is a psychological need being met with a sexual reaction. It's a psychological need to want to be submissive or to want to be dominant. Um, they feel psychological needs. So, uh, for example, someone, a girl who's been sexually abused tends to be more aggressive and dominant in bed. It's a way of reclaiming the, the, the weakness, the forced submission. Um, and this works um, in tandem, you know, this works on the other end of it. CEOs, for example, you know, these white men that control everything, they desire humiliation. They desire... Uh, someone to tell them no and literally make them do the most humiliating things. It's a psychologically um, and sexually arousing act in that way. So these are things that we need to talk about because if we don't talk about them, then we are really not getting to the root of what is driving people. We're wasting time. Um, and I think the first way to stop wasting time is to sign my petition by going to millennialsex.org. You won't be publicly signing and, um, and just support, 
that would be amazing. Thanks so much. And if you would like to be a guest on Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast, do reach out at millennialsex at gmail.com and, uh, and enjoy our show. Thanks. I just have a quick little story. I don't even know if it's a story. It's just something interesting that I want to share. Um, now, this has actually happened to me twice. I've known two people who had this, like, I'm going to call it a fetish. <laughs> um, and I, I still don't fully understand it, but I will discuss it in a moment. So, first of all, Gas, can you say hi? Hi. Okay, good. Just so people don't think that I'm here by myself with my imaginary friend. That wasn't me. That was somebody. Somebody semi-American and semi-Eurasian. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyway. So, so, back in the day when I was, like, much younger and I was just, like, before I even had, like, my first boyfriend, right? Like, when I was young. Um, I didn't really have my first boyfriend, like, relationship until I was, like, 20, you know. I had fake relationships. You know, I had bullshit before then. Okay. But then I had, like, a real love and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Okay. So, before that, when I was younger, um, there was this guy I used to like a lot. And we used to hang out all the time. And I used to work at, I was, like, 19 or something like that. 18, 19. So I used to work at um, this place called City Club. It was a club. And it was pretty goth. Like the scene, it was like kind of the goth scene. It was like the darker scene. It was like the, um, you know, it was gothy. Everybody was in all black. You know, it was that scene, right? Metal, all that shit, dark white kids all darked out and shit okay so i worked at this club city club they gave me a job i don't know and it was in a hotel it was in like the basement level of this really big like multi-story hotel that used to be like this like fancy old hotel in detroit it was in detroit and then, you know, it was sold to Ramada. But it looks like it was built to be, like, a grand old hotel, like, 100 years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it has, like, that eerie vibe and shit. You know, it's cool. It's nostalgic, but it's, like, different. So, anyway, the city club is in the bottom where all these goth kids are coming to, like, party and shit. So, um... So I was there, like, 18, and I worked as the person who checks people for drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It was a privileged role that I had. I think I got the job because my friend that I used to hang out with all the time knew someone there, and they just gave me a job because I needed some money. So they're like, oh, we need somebody to check for the drugs on the weekends. You know, it's just a few hours a night. So, like, four hours a night. So anyway, so I would search people for drugs. <laughs> confiscate any drugs that they brought into the club. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was good. 
Um, and then at you know it was just like it was just like Fridays and Saturdays they worked. So then at the end like of my shift, my friend would always come see me, right? My friend, his name was Julius. So he would always come see me. And, like, you know, he'd be out partying at wherever he was, and then he'd come. And I'd be done before it was too late, probably, like, I don't know. I don't know, 2 a.m., something like that. So so then he would come. Now, because it was in this hotel, it was like a ghost hotel. You could sneak into all these rooms that weren't occupied because they were, like, needed work. Like, certain wings of the, or certain floors were, like, needed work. Because a very old hotel, right? So <laughs> scary, okay? Exactly. It very had like a much of the element of like the shining. I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> well, you're American, so this is one thing you would have to know is The Shining by Stephen King. Jack Nicholson was in it. Hugely famous movie. Tons of nightmares based on this book. These scary ass twins <laughs> in these little red dresses. We're, like, in this hotel that was, like, old and empty in the middle of winter. Yeah. And, like, Jack Nicholson goes insane from the snow. Anyway, The Shining. Stephen okay. King. So, anyway, look at her. You can't even say snow. She's like, oh, snow. I'd go insane from the snow, too. Um, all right, so anyway, so we go up, we go play in our hotel heaven, find a little spot, right? So we're up there, and we're pretty, you know, inebriated in various ways. And so, um, so we're making out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, early, you know, it's mad late, five in the morning or whatever, we're making out. And um, and this guy is like singing. He this is the song he sang. This this is, this is a walk down memory lane right now. He's singing. It's such a beautiful day, such a beautiful day. So glad I spent it with you. So glad I spent it with you. That's the song. And then he licked my armpits. <laughs> like, uh, he was like, he went, uh, he just ripped my arm back and was like, uh, uh, uh. And he was like, just licking my armpits. Like, and not like a lick, lick, you know, what do you call it? Uh, like all the way, like a tongue blanket (laughs) (laughs) on my armpits. And, you know, it's like five in the morning. I'm not my freshest right now. When I was like 18, I really didn't shave my armpits that often. So I would always have stubble. (laughs) Now it's either all or nothing. I'm like either have hair or have none. That in between shit. But it was definitely like the 5 o'clock shadow happening mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. on the armpit. It was the 5 a.m. armpit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he was looking at that motherfucker. And it smelled, my armpit. And I was kind of like, a little weirded out. Like, this guy's licking my armpit. <laughs> like, and he's singing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
he really enjoys this. Hmm. Right? And, I mean, I like the guy, so I just let him lick it. <laughs> but I was like, this is weird. This guy's a weirdo. <laughs> He's so happy licking my smelly armpit. It's like a fetish. Kinky. But, yeah, I wasn't that into it. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's one that I don't need to do again in the future. Um, but interesting. And as I said, that's not the first guy who did that. Oh. Yeah. I think so. Like, right, like before then. Or maybe it was after. I don't remember. Around then. Maybe it was after. I don't know. Probably in the same year. I was just attracting guys who lick armpits that year. Yeah. Because, like, I hooked up with this guy who was, like, like, Moroccan. Or Tunisian. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. So, we had fun. He was kind of crazy. He was licking my armpit, too. But not the way this dude was. Such a beautiful day. <laughs> Such a beautiful day. <laughs> so glad I smelled it with you. <laughs> anyway. This is super weird. Yeah, well, it's a fat. It's a weird little fetish. Thank you for listening to Millennial Sex Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X. And I hope you enjoyed that little story. Just want to remind everyone again to check out and sign and share the Me Too Expansion Act petition to be found on millennialsex.org, basically asking Congress to um, consider the same type of um, infrastructure and legislation um, and protections for all Americans that they would for themselves in terms of sexual complaints and sexual crimes. Again, that's on millennialsex.org, and you have my sincerest appreciation for signing and sharing. Please tune in next week to millennialsex.org. We'll have a brand new uh, true sexual anecdote for you, and we'll see you soon in the bedroom. <laughs>